Strap in competitors because this week we welcome Lindsey Wilson of Positive Performance Training and talking about how to win the inner game. What's up, Competitor Nation? Welcome back to the Compete Every Day podcast. I'm your host, Jake Thompson, the Chief Encouragement Officer here at Compete Every Day, and excited to spend another episode with you as we talk about ways to lead better, achieve more, and most importantly, build that competitor mindset that's going to help us weather any storm, overcome every challenge, and continue to pursue and compete for the things that matter in our life and the people we love. Today's exciting is I get to welcome Lindsay Wilson, a positive performance coach that works with athletes and coaches on how they can up their game. Now, it's not the coaches you're thinking about, because I'm sure your first guess as mine when Lindsay and I first met was she was working with sports coaches, coaches that are then working with athletes. But what Lindsay actually does is help existing or aspiring mindset coaches create passion-filled, profitable coaching practices. See, she's passionate about helping other people that want to be mental performances coach become just that. How can they make impacts on their athletes and their offices, maybe on their kids in a way that will set them up for success in ways we didn't have? I know that the more conversations I have here on the show, the more things I learn about how our brains work, how we can use visualization practicing over and over again in our head, getting those mental reps in, how we can continue to build our grit, all of the things that I wished I'd had at 14, 15, 16. See, at the time, I was so consumed with popularity, with just being accepted and liked, that I missed out on opportunities to get better, that I shied away from certain challenges outside of sports because I was worried what would happen if I fell short. Looking back, I I kicked myself because those were opportunities I could have taken to get better. I was too concerned with what I looked like in the moment that I didn't want to look like I was a rookie. I didn't want to look like I wasn't perfect, that I didn't have it all together. And instead of getting better, I missed out. And sometimes that's still like we are today. Sometimes we still treat things today like we did at 13, 14, 15. We shy away from challenges. We shy away from difficulties. We avoid maybe that new promotion, maybe that more difficult workout. Maybe we've refused to sign up for a race that we've never run that far before. We avoid these things because in our head, if we're not perfect from the get-go, there's no point in doing it. But here's the thing. Competition is a beautiful thing because in competition, we either achieve our goal, we win, We learn what it takes to get better. We learn what we have to do to level up to a new point. And so, yeah, we sign up for that race. Maybe we can't get all the way through the finish line. But you know what? We learn what we need to do next time in our training to get there. We jump into that new promotion. We take on that opportunity at work. And we realize we don't know as much as we thought we did. And so it gives us a great opportunity to start learning, to start asking questions, to get better. You can't get better. You can't compete from your comfort zone. You only lose out. If you stay in your comfort zone, if you stay complacent, you only lose out. And losing out, what it looks like when we get to the end of our life is that scary question of looking back, asking what if. What if I'd given my best shot? What if I'd pushed myself? What if I'd done better? That's not the question you want to ask at the end of your life because the time is almost out on the clock. There's no way to change it. 
What you want to do is get to the end of your life and say, man, some things worked out the way I wanted, some things didn't, but I constantly showed up every day. I constantly pushed myself to get better. There was no what if I'd given my best because I gave everything I had every single day for everything I wanted and everyone I loved. Man, write that on your tombstone. That's what you want. So today, I'm going to challenge you, dive into this conversation, put into practice some of the things Lindsay talks about. Subscribe to her new podcast, which is a short daily podcast on building that inner game. But whatever you do, commit to yourself today. The day you're listening to this is the last day you will stay confined to your comfort zone. It is the last day you will bow to challenges. It is the last day you will be complacent with your life, wasting your opportunities. Today is the day you compete. So get up and start competing today, competitor. I'm cheering for you every step of the way. Competitor Nation is cheering for you every step of the way. And speaking of Competitor Nation, if you are not dialed into our Facebook community, come join us. Come hang out with Competitor Nation. Facebook.com slash group slash compete every day. We'd love to see you. I'd love to meet you. We're in there getting to know each other, encouraging each other, sharpening each other. People are asking questions. We are helping each other get better. I post videos, I post content in there. I'm active, I answer questions. You wanna know ways to build your mental game, ways to build your competitor mindset, ways to keep showing up. That is the community for you because we're sharing information, we're pushing each other, and most of all, we're holding each other accountable to compete. So I hope to see you in that Facebook group if you're not there already. Now, last thing before we welcome Lindsay to the show, if you have not been fast-forwarding, you just hit the jackpot. Because next week, we have a brand new drop. That's right. September 2nd, we have a brand new release coming, and I can't wait for you to get it. Something to prove and the CEO of hard work. If you are the CEO of hard work, if you are motivated with something to prove to your past self, to your critics, to your doubters, to anybody, then get on CompeteEveryday.com September 2nd as our brand new releases hit the shelves be there. And if you're already just itching to get something new, we've released a ton of new things, including socks, a brand new manifesto mask, some new flags and new wristbands. So competeeveryday.com, the code podcast will get you 15% off any order. Now you've heard enough from me. I've been in your ear. I'm in your ear each and every week, but you have not had a chance to meet Lindsay yet. And so I am excited to introduce to you the founder of Positive Performance Coaching, the host of the Inner Game Podcast, Lindsay Wilson. Lindsay, welcome to the Compete Everyday Podcast. Thanks, Jake. Nice to, thanks to see you, and thanks for having me. Yeah, no, this is a fun one. We were introduced by our mutual friend, James Leith, at Unleash the Athlete, that our listeners know from a few episodes uh, as a guest and then interviewing me for our 150th episode. Uh, I'm excited to have a conversation with you today because, as we've talked about earlier here and then as well as on our call, life these days is a constant practice in what we preach. Uh, and both of us have an opportunity on the daily to put into practice what we preach. But our listeners may not be too familiar with you yet. And so they need to learn a little bit about what you do and what you preach. And then we're going to dive in. So if you could give us a snapshot of what you do today, uh, I would love to talk a little bit about your journey. 
Absolutely. So today I am a full-time entrepreneur and sometimes I feel like also a full-time mom, um, at least these days. So um, shout out to anybody that's doing that, including dads and everybody. Um, so yeah, I am a mindset coach and my business has really evolved over the past 13, 14 years. And currently our main focus is training coaches in mindset coaching for their teams and their athletes, and then also training other mindset coaches. So we have a certification that we take um, small group coaching. We um, certify other coaches in mindset coaching. And so that's a big focus of our, our training and our days these days. What inspired you to get into really working with the coaches, taking and, and implementing your message, obviously, to the influencers who influence their teams? Uh, why go the coach route versus direct athlete? Well, I've done everything, right? So I started my business when I was in my mid-20s, and I was actually still playing professionally at that point. I was a basketball player. And um, let's see, so I, I used, I mean, we can go into my whole story if we want to, but essentially yeah. I, I, just, I learned mental training at a really young age. And it, it changed everything. I mean, it, it was like a light bulb went off. Like and high school, earlier? Yeah, I, um, I'd actually been exposed to visualization at about 12 years old. And let's see, I'm going to date myself, but that was like early 90s. So people weren't really doing that. I had a strength yeah. coach that had actually been an Olympic shot putter, and he was trained by Bill Bowerman, who was, yep. um, from what I understand, very much ahead of all of this <laughs> mindset work. And for and, those listening, very instrumental in Nike's beginning with the walk. Oh yeah, just a little shoe. bit. Yeah, yep. yeah, he had something to do with that. So I, I was exposed to it early. Um, didn't necessarily take to it because I didn't know what to do with it, but I liked it. Thought it was pretty cool. Thought it was interesting. Definitely had the sense of like this. There's something here. But frankly, I hadn't really hit the wall mentally, and I think that's a big part of when you're working with athletes. Like people have to have, kind of hit the wall to to know that this stuff is important. At 16, I definitely hit the wall. <laughs> I wanted to play professionally. I definitely wanted to play in college. And, you know, I was up at 5.30 in the morning running and lifting, like, in high school. Like, I was up every morning. Like, I was crazy driven, but I didn't know how to get my mind right. And I'm a big believer when the student is ready, the teacher appears, and all of a sudden, I had a mindset coach. And everything changed from that point on. And I became so passionate about how much it helped me. I mean, literally within three months, I was getting little like offers to play division one where I hadn't, I'd been kind of looked at and gotten, you know, the form letters and all that jazz. Um, and I was on my way to play playing division one basketball and succeeding at that level, which as you know, is not, is not the same thing. Yep. <laughs> and then playing professionally after that and a thousand percent, it was because of my mindset work. I was a really hard worker and I had some talent. Those, those two things are important, right? We know that, but a lot of people have those, right? And so I, I started playing professionally and throughout my whole college career and my whole professional career, I looked around and I was like, how come I'm the only one that seems to know this stuff? This is crazy. Like so many of my teammates, people I really cared about were struggling. You know, they just didn't know how to kind of put two to two, two and two together from a mental standpoint. Let me ask you, I'm curious on that note, do you remember a specific moment maybe where it clicked or you became very aware that the mental skills you had gave you a competitive advantage, like against a specific opponent. Do you remember like going up against someone either in practice or a rival team in high school where you're like mentally, like I realize I have some advantages here that talent and, and working hard aren't. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. I'm, I'm not one of those people that like remembers 
I don't, I don't know if every, I, I feel like there's people that I've like played against or coached me and they're like, oh yeah, remember that one game where you like did, 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 and you scored this money. And I'm like, no, I do not. <laughs> like, I wish that I did and I don't. Um, but I do know that in so many like close games, I remember that moment of like, this is, this is what separates the women from the girls, so to yep. speak, <laughs> you know? And, and I think as an athlete, or I guess the non-athlete too, like in your life, you know that there's those moments and you can kind of sense them and you're like, you know, the strongest will is going to win at this point. It's not about, I mean, yes, you have to be, you know, have good conditioning and you have to have some skill and all those things, but there are those moments in the game where you go into the huddle and you just decide you're going to win. Yep. I remember, I mean, that happened all the time. And definitely a lot of that was the sacrifices I had made and, and how hard I worked. I was, you know, I believed I was in better shape, but a lot of it was the mental component for sure. And obviously started with visualization being a big piece of kind of where you were introduced. Do you remember kind of the progression of things you started working on throughout kind of that early process? And then obviously I'd love to talk about now looking back, how maybe you would have re, uh, reorganized them. Yeah, I, I remember really specifically, actually, I remember, you know, at that time I was doing skill work and mindset work at the same time. And I remember specific times during workouts um, where we would work on things. Visualization was a big part of it. Uh, Self-talk was a big part. But, but I, I think from a, a higher level, I think, and the thing that I try to instill in my athletes and in the coaches that I work with and the, and the certification students is like the biggest thing for me, and I actually said this on James's podcast last week, is I already knew that I was the problem, but I didn't know that I was the solution. Like I learned at 16 years old that I was in control of my thoughts. I could be hard on myself. I could beat myself up. I could be positive with myself. I could build myself up. I could develop my own confidence. And so I think the light bulb moment on that, more than any other skill, I mean, the skill is sort of like the thing that allows you to keep growing with it and, and practicing it and, and getting to different levels. But I would say the overall sense that, that your mind can work for you is a huge moment. I remember that moment practically in my life. And so, yeah, I would, th I would say that was the first thing. I think later on, as I got to playing professionally, I had had a lot of success. I was getting played to play a game that I would gladly do for free and had done for free for many years. And that sense that like, I can get to another level now. And what does that look like? And can I be, um, can I find ease and can I find flow? And can I go into games with that crazy relentless competitive attitude, but also let it be easy. I mean, that's high level stuff right yeah. there. And um, I wasn't ready for that maybe early on, but I was in my mid twenties when I was playing professionally and I wanted it because I thought if I'm, you know, if this is just about living abroad and playing basketball, like, cool, I'll take it. But how can I like get deeper into myself through the game? Right. And I know that's a lot of what you teach your students is like, this isn't necessarily just about sports or CrossFit or working out. Like this is about how can you dive deeper into yourself? And for me, I started working with a hypnotist. And so that was next level for me. And that was sort of my progression um, throughout my career, both as a mindset coach and um, as an athlete. And those, so, those were kind of parallel for a while. I was coaching and um, playing. <laughs> so I'm gonna, I definitely want to ask you about that. And there's a couple of other things there that I want to backtrack to. But the first, 
that I think a lot of our listeners, maybe those that are from more conservative backgrounds, uh, maybe haven't had the experience, they hear hypnotist and they think comedy or magic sketch show, guy right. with a watch on stage that's going to get somebody to bark like a dog. Don't buy into it. And I know, yeah. and I've had conversations with people that actually do it. And so I'm fascinated to hear about this from your perspective. What was that process like? Were you kind of standoffish? Was it woo-woo to you going into working with yeah. a hypnotist? And what was probably the biggest revelation to you of working with one? So I didn't have a lot of reservations about it, but I certainly didn't really know what it was either. Yeah. Um, I didn't have, I know there's a lot of religious you know, people that think it's kind of voodoo or what, what have you. And so, as you mentioned, that's kind of a barrier for some people, but for me, I, I was like, why not? Let me just try it. And, and then I ended up getting certified in hypnosis, but you know, I think there, there are a lot of misconceptions about hypnosis and really the way that I think of hypnosis and, and really what it is, it's a way to communicate with your subconscious and and you're always in control. So it's more of like a guided, it's almost like a guided visualization, but it's very heavy on the use of metaphors. So for example, and I'm going through this with my certification students, we're actually learning, they get, they get a, a second certification as a performance visualization specialist, and we're actually doing it this week. And so tomorrow I'm going to be teaching this exact oh, thing. Awesome. But essentially like Jake, let's say you were, you know, you had a challenge in front of you and you're feeling really overwhelmed about the challenge, right? We've all been in those situations yep. and maybe it's the pandemic or maybe it's a career thing or what have you, right? And, you know, I could say, you know, Jake, you, you're, you're a great guy. You're, you're resilient. Like you're going to get through this and like give you a big pat on the back. And you might say, okay, that helps a little pep talk. Never heard anybody. That's awesome. Right. But it may not really sink in, especially if you're not feeling resilient. Yeah. Which is kind of the definition of not feeling resilient is being, you know, so the second level to that is maybe I could tell you a story and I could say, Jake, you know, one time in my life, I was feeling not resilient and I had a lot coming at me and this is how I overcame it. And you know, it's, I can tell you a story essentially, right? And stories are powerful. They get yep. deeper into your subconscious. You can maybe see yourself in it. This is why we tell children's stories at night to teach them, you know, to be a good person without just telling them to be a good person. Yep. So that's that level two and that can be helpful. But again, if you don't feel resilient, if you don't believe you're resilient, that story is going to be nice, but maybe you don't actually see yourself. in Yep. It. And then the third level is really talking to your subconscious and using a metaphor that your, your subconscious can't argue with. So for example, if I'm going to take you through a hypnosis, I, I may choose something to, to sort of solve this problem or to help you deal with this problem. One metaphor I could use is, you know, I, and I would take you through this breathing exercise and then I would say, okay, Jake, you're on this path going through these woods and you come upon a pile of rocks and you can't move past that pile of rocks right? And it's a big challenge in front of you and you don't know what to do and you're feeling powerless because there's so many rocks in front of you. And then maybe what I do is I take you through an exercise of visualizing yourself moving each rock. And maybe I even name the rocks as far as like something that you're struggling with. And by the end of that exercise and you really see the path in front of you, and you really feel that sense of accomplishment of moving those rocks out of the way and recognizing that those rocks were not bigger than you, that you are in fact up to the challenge. And you walk through that forest and you see the beautiful trees and all of a sudden, you know, you come out uh, and you wake, wake up, you will feel your subconscious will understand that that is possible for you. It won't have argued because of course you can move a rock, right? Yeah. 
and it understands it on a much deeper level than again me just telling you you know the pep talk or a story about somebody else it's literally your subconscious experiencing that and reminding yourself that you are you are capable of that in a way that it can't argue with do you usually recommend someone work uh with a hypnotherapist when they're at an obstacle they can't over they can't seem to shake there's a lot of anxiety and fear or do you feel there's other situations for maybe listeners to be aware of where that might be a fitting uh therapeutic outlet um well i mean you know what i teach with all of this stuff is it's proactive is much better than reactive yep. and i think there's there's the sense of like being able to solve a problem in the here and now and then there's the planning for the future, knowing those things are going to come up and practicing the stuff ahead of time is always better. But also the idea of, you know, creating your life on a day-to-day -day basis based on this future self that you want. And you can use hypnosis for that as yeah. well, where you're, you're literally seeing and feeling and experiencing the things that you want to experience in your life. So that you're reminding yourself that that's possible for you on a much deeper level than just saying your goals or reading your goals. I love so that. hypnosis has been really helpful for me. And another way to think about it is um, we go in and out of what they call the trance state multiple times throughout the day. And, and one of the best examples of this and, and proof that it's not dangerous is have you ever, maybe not now during COVID, but have you ever, you know, driven from, I don't know if you have an office or a gym, but something you go somewhere you go every day, you drive from your house to that place every day. And all of a sudden you're there and you don't remember getting there. Right. Yeah. Or in, in my case, just two days ago, I'm driving somewhere and, and end up completely passing it, going to somewhere else that was think that we were there last weekend, like arrived, pulled up and was like, what am I doing here? Yeah. Like, so you were, in a, you were in a trance state, but if someone had like veered in front of you, you know, you're, you would have braked, right? Yeah. It's not like you're out of it. It's not like you don't know what's happening. It's not like you're, uh, someone's just going to do something to you and you don't know what's happening. It's not like that. It's more of like a, a Zen kind of chill out moment, I, I think, or, uh, you know, I've experienced. So I love that. So that, that obviously talking heavily on the brain, the other piece about the brain that I found fascinating is something you said about how you were doing skill training as well as that mental training at the same time. And what, it reminded me of, of a guest I had years and years ago uh, that was sharing about her struggle with clinical depression and it didn't stick for her. The therapy sessions, the counseling didn't work until she started pairing it with workouts, until she started going and training either right after or right before those sessions, the work that they did began to stick better. And so I found that fascinating with you talking about training skills and the mental side together is, yeah. do you feel that that blood flow moving, doing those things in addition to learning the mental side helped them stick with you better and obviously helped you tremendously throughout your career? Yeah, I mean, I think it's hard in that situation because it, it was like so, it was just like, I don't know if it's the exercise per se or just the amount of time. Yeah. Like, and it was part of like our entire program. So there was a lot of like the social support, but I mean, there's so much, there's so much um, research and evidence about like exercise making you smarter and like your brain waves changing. And like, so I think there's definitely something to that, but I think also, you know, the way that I teach mindset work and I don't do the skill training myself, yeah. but you know, with all of this stuff, there is, the mindset piece and then there's the action piece right like you none of us get to sit around and meditate our life 
to existence, <laughs> right? Like that is not what we're talking about. They really go hand in hand. And you also need some evidence that your mindset work is working, right? There's a feedback loop that has to exist on some level. Like you can suspend reality and it's very important to suspend reality because you're going to start acting and being and behaving the way that, as if you were that person that you want to become. But at some point, <laughs> you can't suspend that reality forever. You have to see some results and some action. Um, so I think the action component is really important. And, you know, the, it's so easy to see as an athlete, like I could visualize myself being a division one player, but certainly getting up at five 30 in the morning helped towards that. end too, right. Like, yeah. but I also know that just getting up at five 30 in the morning without the mindset piece wasn't working either. So they go hand in hand. They do. <laughs> One of the things you've mentioned a few times is about kind of some of the athletes or coaches you're certifying. And I know you work with coaches. I'm curious from your perspective, having given your career as an athlete, an athlete and working with people from a coaching standpoint to now training coaches uh, from the mental performance side. Do you feel like when you were an athlete, some of the challenges these coaches face now have changed dramatically? And, and I think about it from an athlete standpoint of when I was an athlete in, in high school or was headed to college, you would look around at, you know, the state publication on who other, the other top people at your, you know, level were in your sport. And you might know about other guys at other schools, but now you've got a million people, right. a button away. And it's so hard not to compare yourself. Heck, the listeners here today have issues and challenges we all do of, of staying our eyes focused on our own lane and not comparing ourselves to other people. Do you feel like that is one of the bigger challenges for coaches today going forward because of the plural, I'm already going to just brain vomit here, uh, pro <laughs> proliferation, excuse me, of, uh, there we go, uh, of social media and comparison, things like that? Or do you feel like the challenges are still the same uh, from 10 years ago, 20 years ago, just maybe the way we're approaching them are different? That's a good point. I mean, I personally, I think every um, generation looks back and thinks, you know, what people are dealing with now is like so much worse or things were better or, you know, whatever. Like there's always that sort of like, you know, I walked uphill both ways to school. Kind of <laughs> thing, right. I, in I the think, snow, I mean, in the snow. Yeah, exactly. So I think, but I, I do think that there are some unique challenges, but as you mentioned, it's not just kids. And I, I think, and this goes back to what you're talking about, like that your very first question that I clearly did not answer, but as far as like working with coaches yeah. versus just the athletes, we have to model these things, right? Like everything you read about parenting, everything you read about coaching is like, well, how do you expect your 14 year old to not be on social media 24 seven if you can't put down your Instagram? Yep. Like it is like we are the, the role models. And so I think there's definitely going to be components to the younger generation that we'll never understand. TikTok. I don't even freaking know what that is. I know it's some video thing. You know, like there's probably five others that I haven't even heard of because my kids aren't of that age. Yep. So I think that ultimately it's about modeling the, 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 the behavior. But I do think that there is a lot of pressure for all of us. But in all of these situations, there's also the opportunity to build up our resilience and take action. You know, so like for an, an action thing is like, you know, changing your perspective on phones and then also maybe limiting them. So like I do that, 
because we don't need to, we have to create systems and processes that work with the life that we want, not just sort of like let things happen to us. And that happens a lot with, um, uh, sorry. Well, and I was going to say what you said uh, perfectly for the listeners is the challenges and things that we currently face, the reframing of those challenges as opportunities, the shift in perspective, which is something you have to intentionally do on a daily, hourly basis sometimes, given how quickly our focus can be distracted, how quickly things can pop up, kids run in the room, work fires, you name it. We have to be the individuals who continually look at those opportunities, look at those situations, and then be intentional with how, what perspective we're going to take with it, which is one of the things I think you shared about as well. Yeah. I mean, I think that's where, again, we have to step back and like, we are the people that control our lives, our thoughts. You know, it's like, we're not the victim. Like things aren't just happening to us. We're, we're letting them happen. And I think for kids, that's something that we really need to like, teach again by modeling ourselves but it's not like we you know are these phones it's like we just accept that social media is like such a big part of our life and granted you know as a business owner like i can't step away from social media completely yeah right but how do i actually want it to to work in my life so lindsay we've talked about this certification a few different ways we've talked about obviously the importance of it and why you're passionate about working with the coaches because like parents like leaders we all have to model the behavior that we want we expect mm -hmm. but what type of coaches are a good fit for your certification program like who who are the type of people that you work with or who are the type of people that would get a ton of value out of this I'm not saying that our average listener would not get value from building and honing more of their mental skills uh, but it sounds like you're really working with a specific group of individuals in their position within sports or within kind of the corporate space too yeah so so if it, you're just a, a sports coach or you're a parent that wants to learn about mental skills training and like pregame routines and like you know and doing mental workshops with your existing team we have other things for that. We have online courses. We have uh, ultimate competitor system. We have all kinds of things that, that you can do. The certification is really for people that want to start a mindset coaching business. And I would say that's either like one from scratch. Like I've always wanted to own my own business. So I want to get certified in this so that I know how to actually help people. Or you are like a skilled trainer or maybe even a therapist or life coach or something like that that you want to add on another skill set, another, you know, sort of more credibility to be able to work with people from a, a mind and body standpoint. So those are kind of the kind of people that generally come. Most people come wanting to help others and then realizing that the transformation really is about themselves. And that's a pretty awesome thing. I, like I tell them that it's not like we don't tell them, but they still sort of have that sort of end goal. Of like I want to work one-on-one -on -one with people. And then the whole first month is all about them. And you know, practicing what we preach, like working on their own mindset, doing all the things they'll eventually be doing with clients. And people like blow me away with one, how much they love it and how hard it is, right? Those are often the same thing. Yep. But also that they're so surprised how much they needed it and what changes they make. So like, for example, and I didn't realize this till the end of the certification. Last year, we had somebody that, and we're on, we're on video call, right? So like you can yep. kind of tell when people are like losing weight or changing, but not really. Yeah. By the end, she said she had lost 45 pounds. Wow. 
And mind you, we don't talk about diet. We don't even talk about exercise. Like it's all mental. We had somebody else that went from drinking eight diet Cokes to cold turkey, having tried for years to stop cold turkey stopped, you know? So it's all about like them learning how to control their own thoughts, you know, holding the mirror up to themselves, like digging deep. And from a, a business standpoint, like authenticity is not only how you should be doing it, but it also sells. Yep. It also makes your message stronger. It makes you able to impact people deeper. And I know for myself, when I'm not living it, even, you know, I, I always live it to some degree, but if I'm not really doing the stuff that I talk about, I don't feel as confident. I don't feel as much as putting myself out there. And I, I think my message falls flatter than, than when I'm really living it. And so I'm a big believer in it. And I go through, every time I do the certification, I do everything that I tell them to do. And, um, and then I have like my former students that come back and they're captains of, of teams and they're going through and they love it. They're like, I just did this six months ago, but I'm doing it again. And um, so that's pretty cool. I know a lot of your listeners are that type, you know, like challenges, yeah. like finding the stuff in our life that we can, you know, go deeper with ourselves. Well, and, and I love that because you, obviously you enter in wanting to make a career, wanting to help others, but uh, it's the idea of the self-care. Like you have to take care of yourself. You have to learn to bring your best self out and find that best self in order to do the most help for others, to, to give the most to them. We had a similar process when I went through and trained with a group out of Philly on the performance and speaking side, kind of starting this business. The work you do over the four month period is more on you than it is on the actual stagecraft and performance work. And, and it's fascinating to see everyone's kind of journey and, and the build of confidence and all of those pieces that go in. We're going to link to that, obviously, in the show notes. We're going to find out about it. But before we do, you also have a new daily podcast or free daily podcast, right? Yeah. Yeah. You're cranking them out. So what, <laughs> what is that? Tell us about the show. What can listeners expect from the show? Uh, you obviously have your hands full creating this because I know we've been talking about it a little off air. Yeah. I'm, I'm so excited about it. I, I was just writing some, some podcast or sorry, some, some, um, some newsletters about it and just like how I got to this level or, or like why now and why I started it in the middle of a pandemic. Um, one, I mean, I, obviously I do think that the mindset right now is a, a challenge for all of us, no matter yep. what we're doing with our careers, no matter who's home with us, like this is a mental challenge for sure. And so I think this actually is a good time to be releasing something like this. But, you know, I think I've been thinking about it for a long time and I couldn't quite figure out exactly what I wanted to do. Um, and, and then my husband said, we were just kind of like, I don't know, having a beer after work or whatever. And this was months ago. And he said, you know, the best podcasts that I listen to are the ones where the, the host is, is basically just creating what, what they would want to hear. And, and I started thinking about what I want to hear. And, you know, what I teach is that mindset work is something that you do every day, yep. multiple times a day, but, but a concentrated amount every day. And it doesn't have to be a lot, right? It's like, if you stretch for 10 minutes a day, that would make a huge difference over the course of a month or two months or three months. It's not something that you do once in a while, something you do every day. And, and so, and with my life, I'm a lot of times, the only way I consume information right now is through podcasts, emptying the dishwasher, you know, not necessarily right now, but taking the kids to school and, and that kind of stuff, working out, whatever. And so podcasts are such a great way to retain information. And so I wanted to do something daily, bite size and very actionable. So we talk about certain topics, obviously regarding mindset, give challenges and, and different ways to think about things. 
And then at the end, we actually do our daily mindset work. So we do a, something we call the braver and it's a breathing visualization exercise. And so we walk people through that every day at the end of every podcast. So it certainly could be something that's like your morning routine, listening to one piece of mindset, you know, thoughts, hacks, whatever you want to call it, and then actually doing some mindset work. So which sounds like a perfect podcast to kind of kick off the morning with start the day reframe or even kind of midday, probably as a reset after lunch, kind of that uh, recenter refocus. Do you have like a specific time of day? You're like, this is the optimal time to consume or uh, is it kind of whenever your schedule allows? Yeah. I mean, I think anytime you can get a morning routine in is great, but I was actually was just doing one of my podcasts last night about morning routines because, you know, my ideal morning routine hasn't happened since 2014, right? Like pre-kids. <laughs> so <laughs> I have had to come up with, but I get a lot done in very little time. And a lot of it is because I do what I call the daily mindset beast. And at the end of that is the braver, what I, what I do at the end of the podcast. But essentially, it's like really spending time trying to figure out my tasks and my to-dos and journaling. And there's a couple other different things. But it's, you know, it's like 15 minutes or whatever. It's not what I would like it to be. <laughs> and so for me, I think if, if you need something for your morning routine, certainly listening to a podcast. But I agree. I mean, it's kind of the, the, best, uh, the best time to do it is the time that you can get it in. <laughs> so, you know. That is, I was about to say that, especially as kind of everything opens back up, people are going to jump back into routines that maybe they shouldn't, maybe they yeah. don't want to keep. Um, it's important to kind of start that morning, even if it's not ideal, starting it at least better than if we just wake up late, rush out the door and try to go that extra time, 15 minutes even carved out to be intentional about the day can make massive impact, not only for that day, but over the course of a week, a month, and a year when done consistently. Yeah. And I know for like myself, when I think about my normal day, not necessarily right now, but like for me having a five minute podcast, like after I pick up my kids or sorry, after I drop my kids off at school and then I have like the drive home before I actually start work, you know, I can't journal cause I'm driving. Yep. I can't, you know, really do anything except focus on the road, but having something right then would probably be the ideal time for me because it gives you something to think about from a mindset perspective, gets you motivated and gives you just another thing to sort of check in with yourself, right. And your thoughts and remind you that this is, this really is something that you can do every day. So. I love it. I love it. Lindsay, what is the name of your new podcast for our listeners to check out on iTunes? It is called the inner game. The inner game. I love it. I'm a big fan of the name. Uh, obviously, I'm a fan of your work. Excited uh, to be plugging away, listening to episodes. I know our listeners need to get a ton out of it as well as a great daily starter. You guys know the Compete Everyday podcast comes out once a week, so you've got a ton of other content <laughs> uh, that Lindsay has here for you as well. Lindsay, where else can our fans get connected with you, uh, learn more about your certification program, and just get to follow along some of your work? So positiveperformancetraining.com has everything about our company and our uh, Mindset Coach Academy certification program and all the courses that I talked about. I'm also on Instagram at lindsaypositiveperform. And then if you are a coach, we have a private Facebook group. So if you, if you check out our website, you can find that. But that's for sports coaches that you know, want to implement mindset work with their athletes. I love it. And that, would you say that's kind of high school through college through pro? Would you have them going any younger than that in terms of the coaches? Yeah. You know, because 
for me, I get that question a lot for me, you know, I can do mindset work with my almost five-year-old, Yeah. right? Yeah. Like you're not gonna be doing the same things, but you know, we were actually talking about in our certification the other day, like talking to kids, you may have to use actually more of the stuff we probably all should be using, which is stories and metaphors and little tricks and breathing. And they're really good with their imaginations. So in, in some of these skills, they actually understand it a lot better than we do. And it doesn't have to be a lot. You know, if you're, if you're coaching, I actually have a certification student um, that has, she, co she does soccer and she has four-year-olds and they're doing deep breathing. You know, it's like, why not start the yeah. stuff early? Yeah. Well, and it's just, you, you modify slightly how you talk about it and how you tell a story, just like, you know, we would in a, a speaking setting going from high school athletes to maybe a corporate sales team. You're telling yeah, totally. some of the same stories, but you're just modifying the language. Totally. Lindsay, this has been fantastic. We are linking to your, uh, obviously website, social media, and the show notes. Highly want to encourage our listeners to check out your podcast, subscribe to the show, listen to it on the daily, at least invest a couple of days a week into the, the show to help improve your mindset, because I know you're working hard to build that competitor mindset. Lindsay, thank you incredibly for coming on the show this week. Thanks so much, Jake. I really appreciate it and love what you're, the work you're doing too. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of the Compete Everyday Podcast. To get in touch with me or the show, email us at podcast at competeeveryday.com. To join our free Facebook community and get connected with other ambitious leaders working to win their work, their workouts, and their life, be sure to visit us at facebook.com slash groups slash compete every day. Until the next episode, keep competing every single day because your life is worth it.